Buzz Buzz Babies, we are back for another comic book adventure. And this week, I have got the internet rock star artist, writer, sensation, Fellhound in the house. You may have heard of them from Commander Rao, which isn't, everyone loves it. Everyone talks about it. And it's so good. It's being re-released again by Scout Comics, which is super cool. Uh, hopefully more people get to read it and experience it. We're going to talk about why you need to take this journey with us. And with me tonight, I have Commander Rao's creator in the house. Fellhound, how you doing? How's your evening? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Um, I'm so good. I, I am. Uh, I've been super pumped to, to talk to you about this. Uh, yes. First of all, like, how do you carry the burden of being everyone's favorite person on your shoulders? <laughs> like everybody loves you. Like you, you pop up in like everyone's conversations and, and, and they're just like, everyone's excited to know you in the indie comic book scene and everyone's super excited for scout uh the scout release and and everybody loves commander Rao. you're everybody's favorite i'm jealous oh well uh first of all thank you and i don't know i guess it's it's hard to perceive myself that way i guess just from my own personal imposter syndrome like things but honestly <laughs> I'm, I'm very grateful that everybody enjoys what i do and enjoys my work and it's yeah, it's kind of like an I don't know, like I'm almost shocked that it's gotten this far. But yeah, I'm I'm super grateful that everybody enjoys my work and I'm glad to spread the work to more people. <laughs> Yeah, what's um so that it comes out? Well, I mean, there's so many weird delays now. It was supposed to come out next next or the seventh, right? Or it was supposed to come out on the third. I actually just third. heard from Charlie that you know because everything got delayed with the supply chain stuff, it probably coming out on the seventeenth instead. Okay, yeah, but still, the, still this month. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's still it's still coming out. It's it's still yes. happening. It will be on shelves eventually at some point. <laughs> did, did you think, I mean, your Kickstarter did well and, and, and obviously it's, it's commander Rao is, is well received and, and people love the character and the comic as they should. Uh, but I mean, what's this new realization like that, like, you're going to be able to walk into a comic shop and, and see your comic book on a shelf like that. Most, most Kickstarter uh, creators don't get that even the very successful ones. Yeah, honestly, it's, it's crazy. Um, like the direct market is something that I'm still, obviously this is my first published comic. It's something I'm still very new to. Um, you know, I just remember the days of like trying to go to stores with my self-published comics being like, hi, will you carry this? Hi, will you put this on consignment? And I guess it's nice just, not having to do that and just having the books out there on the shelf it's like a honestly it's kind of surreal yeah, yeah. like i feel like the moment i see my book on the shelves i'll be like i can't believe that's me it's like who made that <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like if i was ever in that situation i think i'd be so annoying about it like comic book shops would kick me out of there i'd i'd be like just standing by my book like random passersby i'd be like oh you, did you want to like this looks cool oh did you check? <laughs> like oh i'd be they'd be like sir get out of here this is a wendy's yeah i mean i mean i was planning to just hang around my comic shop cyber city and just you know because i have a lot of merch left over from my kickstarter so i'm just planning to like hey if you buy my book i'll give you all these posters and trading cards i'll sign it i'll i'll sign your shirt like <laughs> please buy my book yeah that's awesome. So was the Commander Rao doll, so I wasn't around during the original, I mean, like I was like on this planet, but I wasn't in like the indie scene <laughs> when the Commander Rao Kickstarter happened. Like, yeah, what, no uh, like was the doll like a, a on the Kickstarter or from the video? Uh, no, actually, do you want to see the doll again? I think I have it. Here, give me one second. 
Yeah, so this this doll was actually um, a gift from my girlfriend. Um, it was uh, my anniversary or anniversary present. <laughs> Apparently, do you know those um, companies that take like um, children's drawings and turn them into dolls? Okay. Yeah. Apparently, she brought a picture of Commander Rao and said, <laughs> "Here is some. Ch- here's a child's drawing. Can you please turn this into a doll?" And then they just did it. <laughs> that is too cool. Yeah, I didn't. I was wondering because a, a, a recently I've seen a couple Kickstarters that like one of the, a couple of the higher tiers were like stuffed animals or something. And and I didn't know if like the, the row doll was like an upper echelon tier of like the original Kickstarter or something. No, I wish, I wish I can make action figures and miniatures and stuff like that. But yeah, like, like my dream is to have a commander out action figure above all else. That would be, I, I mean, any, yeah, anybody would like, I think getting the action figures, like a dream for any, I know you can, there's like companies where you can like pay an exorbitant amount of money for them to like make you an action figure, but that's, that's not the same, right? Like you want, you want people to come to you and be like, we want to make you or command around action figure. Yeah. Like I actually looked into this and I think like, if you want to make a custom action figure, um, like a mass produced one, you're going to need like a minimum order of a thousand action figures. Cause they got to wow. make the molds and everything. So I mean, if I win the lottery or something, <laughs> if I sold my house, I bet I could do it. <laughs> yeah, just sell your house to make your action figure dreams come true. That's Yeah, at least I'd have one of my dreams come true. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe one day. I mean, you're on the right track, right? You're, you've got a, a publisher's picked it up. It's about to be in comic book shops. Uh, I mean, I guess everybody's kind of wondering, I mean, is there, um, are you going to continue with like some one shots or like, or do you want, do you, or do you want to move on to something new? Like what's cooking in the, what's cooking in the creative oven? Yeah. So initially when I made Commander Rao as a one shot, I wasn't really um, expecting it to kind of blow up as much as it did <laughs> in my head. Cause like Commander Rao was really officially my second comic. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm going to make this book. It's going to be a little bit of practice. I'm going to practice a draw fight scenes and then i'm gonna largely move on with my life um <laughs> the, yeah the fact that commander kind of got a lot more attention than it did um i think really kind of adjusted um, where my creative life was heading so i had a couple projects after commander Rao that weren't related to the Rowverse, but i think i'm just going to focus uh, a little bit more on the commander Rao universe at the moment um i'm working on a kind of a prequel comic right now uh, just dubbed Project AWLY or Project Ollie. Um, and that's going to focus on a different character, not Commander Rao herself, but it does tell a lot of backstory. Um, Commander Rao, a younger version of Commander Rao is in it. And then after that, I'm probably going to move on and do a couple more one shots with the Commander Rao character herself and then go from there. <laughs> nice. it so was was a- Afterlife was your, f- that was your first book, right? Yes. Okay. And then you can, we can buy that. You're still selling those on Gumroad, right? Yes. Um, I'm sold out of the print copies, but I still have digital copies available. Um, hopefully next year, if I can go back to like an actual physical con, I might reprint it, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that is, that's, that's such a weird deal now. Like everybody, I, so I've talked to so many people, I'm just tripping over myself, uh, but I've talked to so many people that have had like big, releases in the last year and and found some success and um i was actually talking to the the writer of nottingham about this and and he was like you know he's he's like a kind of a rock star right now and he hasn't gotten to go to a con because of lockdowns and everything and it's like they're they're keeping you guys away from your from your audience and i mean luckily you know we have you know the internet to interact with each other but 
I mean, you got the ta- the tabling experience has been kind of it's starting to come back, I guess. Like NYCC worked out for everybody so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to be honest, because I kind of only got into comics during the pandemic, I do feel like a little disconnected. Like I've never tabled before. I don't know a lot of people in my um, I guess local indie scene because I've just you know, by the time I went to comics, like nobody was going out. So I was just like kind of making connections online and everything. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's going to be a bit of a different world once all that starts up again. And I'm not going to lie. I kind of like doing things from home and just doing things <laughs> online. I'm saying I'm lazy, but it's just sometimes it's a little bit easier. No, I am totally yeah. like, I feel so weird saying that a lot. So I used to be a bouncer in like a, a busy bar and um, right around like my career change when I started doing office work after about a year and a half of that, we hit the pandemic and I was still like in Hobbit mode. I was like, <laughs> I like the quiet. Yeah. I like not being around people all the time. Uh, yeah. except like the people I really want to be around, you know, like family and some, the cl- the close friends, but yeah, yeah, like the, I, I kind of felt spoiled during the pandemic. Cause I was like, I was like, Oh, it's kind of nice. I mean, you know, the, the world yeah. falling apart and stuff, that part was bad, but like no one not having to like come up with excuses to go out all the time and just kind of like, I get to just be home when, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, honestly, people were like, Oh, the pandemic changed so much in my life. You know, I can't go out. And I'm just like, I've always kind of been at home, so it didn't really change much for me. Like, I'm still just kind of drawing and playing video games and coming out of my hermit shell like once a month. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you think, um, I, I mean, like, would are would you want to do that like a con? Like, are, is part of you ex- like excited about it? Like, especially with, with Raul getting, you know, like a new set of eyes on it uh, with, with Scout re-releasing it and, uh, you know, po- getting you know, hopefully the, in more hands and stuff like um, mm-hmm. would part of you be is it like exciting to think about tabling at a con or like social anxiety? Or are you like, no, that sounds like the most terrifying thing like ever? Honestly, it's both. Like I actually was, you know, before the pandemic and everything, I was planning to try and table like um, late 2020. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. But I like I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a mixed feeling. Like I'm super pumped to try tabling and like interact with people and like sell my work and get it out there. Cause like, I remember, you know, going to conventions as a guest and being like, Oh, all those people behind the table are so cool. They make such cool work. I wish I could be one of those people at the same time. I'm not going to lie. Like I am kind of introverted. Um, so, you know, I think it is a cool kind of a cool experience to just come out of my shell and just, you know, just learn to how to, be like a car salesman almost (laughs) but yeah like you know just try and learn that side of the comics industry and business and everything like I feel like I've already come so far if you asked me two years ago to come on a podcast I'd probably be like "Mm." (laughs) but like now I love doing podcasts I love talking to people about my book and I don't know a lot has changed (laughs) yeah that's cool. I mean, yeah, I, I could see how if, if I had written Commander Rao, I would be super excited to talk about it. it just, <laughs> I mean, or, you know, but it's just everybody has such I'll just it's there's so much love for Commander Rao and, and on the Internet. And I I love how um, like you you popped on to, um, oh, the Savage Wizard 
campaign and, and offered a digital copy of, of Afterlife, right? Yes. Um, yes. To people that showed you that they backed it. And I thought that was like, that was so cool. Like, oh, thank you. On, on, like, honestly, like, I mean, a lot of creators will like retweet and, and do stuff like that and say that they're excited for a book. But that was the first time I've seen like just a random, you know, like you weren't involved in their creative team and you were just like, hey, I will give you a, a free digital comic if you if you back this campaign and i was like that is so righteous like i was like <laughs> putting putting the fist on the table like i was that was a rock star move and i was like this is a very cool person and i would and that's when i knew i was like i, I gotta i would love to interview this person because like they, they just you, you gotta have like a really good heart and mindset and oh. <laughs> i don't know it was cool i like the that seeing that kind of support in the community you're you're a cool person oh thank you so much Blake. i think you're a cool person too well thank um, you <laughs> but, yeah. but that's why <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with Kickstarter, you know, Kickstarter, it's it's like a mini community almost. Like, we all try to support each other's comics. Um, everybody, you know, we all have this joke that we're just passing around the same $20 bill. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm happy to offer, you know, my work if it helps other people get funded, um, especially with Doug and Les, because they're so talented. And, you know, I know they've been at the game for a long time, and they're really good friends of mine. I just, like, I just want to see them succeed and help them out. And I think they were like super close to being funded at that point so it's like you know anything to get them over the finish line i thought they're <laughs> I, so this new deal of of i work with a lot of kickstarter people now and um it's cool i, I didn't think that really this was how things were going to happen you know like <laughs> well i never thought i'd have a podcast either so like just you know yeah. kind of rolling with it <laughs> uh but they uh you know it, it was it was interesting like when podcasters like or not podcasters when kickstarter people like want to come on the show now and it's a whole new involvement uh because i I would like watch their campaign numbers and it's like yeah. and you're like rooting for them and stuff you know and and, and you get kind of nervous with some of them at the end and i just remember the last couple days <laughs> leslie was like can we just i need like 200 more dollars can we just make this happen so i can sleep tonight <laughs> and then it right. and then it happened in their final day they got like a break but it's it's wild it's wild like as a I'm sure it's like super stressful and terrible for you guys, but like <laughs> on the yeah, other it's side like, of it, it's like, it's like watching like the, the dog races or something, you know? And it's like, you're watching them like go ahead and move back. And it, and it's like, it's exciting. It's, no, it's a weird absolutely. World. Yeah. Like there, there have been a couple of campaigns where I'm just like, Oh my God, like I'm super worried for them. And I'm just like, you know, up all night being like, man, I hope they get funded. And then I don't know, like some kind of miracle happens in the last two days and they just make like thousands and thousands of dollars. And it, I, you know, I feel like part of it is that kind of, um, community push like you know it's it's last two days you know campaign's almost there they just need a little bit of help and everybody just kind of shows up for them like to be honest i love seeing that i think it's so cool and it's just you know it, it makes you feel like this is a good community to be a part of and yeah. it feels like everyone's kind of showing up for each other and that's i feel like that's a you know a, a good way for comics to be that mutual support kind of thing <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, especially now where it's it's real easy, like, to take a wrong turn on the internet and, like, find yourself at a bad road, you know, like, or just, like, th there's, like, the dark side of comics and, but Kickstarter, like, everyone is just, like, so happy and warm and inviting and everybody's rooting for each other and stuff. It's, 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 it's so cool. And I, I really, and like, and keep trying to encourage people to, to try 
Kickstarter. Um, like I've changed, like I've, I'm, I'm like, it's a drug. Like I gotta have, like, I gotta have all the cool looking campaigns and I've changed like my comic book shop pull list so that I can do more Kickstarters. And so like, it's like, I'm, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm obsessed with it. And it's like, my bank account hates me, but it's awesome. (laughs) Oh, mine too. Like I am, I'm pretty in the red right now. Like I recently opened up commissions just so I could like back more campaigns because there's some really cool ones out there, but my bank account is screaming at me and like, <laughs> right now so but yeah i definitely get the addictiveness you know i remember i started off just backing one project and then at the end of the year i didn't even realize it i think that number went to like 60 so i'm like oh my god <laughs> yeah it adds yeah. up when you did your kickstarter um were what kind of like uh kickstarter creator were you were you like a constant refresher or did you have to like, did you kind of set yourself away from it and try and distance yourself to, to keep your sanity or what was going on? Yeah. I don't think the distancing really works very well. I feel like <laughs> distancing makes me go more insane. I was definitely refreshing every like five seconds. And like, <laughs> you know, even if I was in the middle of doing something important, like I work as a paramedic, but like, you know, between calls when I'm just cleaning the stretcher and stuff, I'd be looking at my phone and be like, come on, how's my started <laughs> doing? And like, it really is, it, it just consumes your life for 30 days. And then when it finally is done and you feel like you can finally breathe again, it's, yeah <laughs> so would would you um would you do would you do that again or or would you uh, like how's that maybe there's a different way to phrase it like for uh, the next commander route project or or even whatever uh, like you said your your untitled as of now project uh, or code name um would you would would you be more apt to like go to Kickstarter or, or would you kind of be like seeking the help of a publisher maybe if you had that opportunity? So I actually really, really loved Kickstarter. Um, yeah? Like I said, I, I love the community aspect of it. Um, and I feel like, I, I guess in some ways, you know, it's like a trade-off. You have more control over your project and you have more control over, I guess, you know, all, all the production aspects of it, of timelines and everything. Um, you know, it might not reach as big of an audience as a direct market, but I feel like that, that sense of control that you have and that sense of community is something that I really love. And it's also just like a really good way to make an advance for yourself because a lot of, um, you know, small publishers and direct market, they don't really pay advances. Um, but the good thing about Scout is that they let you kickstart your books and they'll publish it for you. So oh. I think that's why I kind of really enjoyed working with them because yeah, like Scout gives me a lot of freedom um, and they've been really great to work with. So it's, they made that transition from Kickstarter to the direct market pretty easy for me. And Charlie, I'm sure you spoke with Charlie before, but he's super smart and he's super helpful. And it's honestly, it's been a pretty smooth experience so far. Nice. That's Yeah, he seems like a really uh, awesome person to work like beside, under, for, with, like <laughs> any, because I know he's, he's yeah. a, pretty involved at scout but uh he's he's like you he's another one where like no one has anything bad to say about him ever which is so cool like <laughs> it's so it's just good to know that like good people still exist sometimes because <laughs> especially in our field i feel like every other day like we find out like some creator i like their book is an asshole and then i'm like yeah. oh, i can't talk about it. you know and it's like like even now there's that stuff going on with the, with the, you know, um, 
you know, I don't want to throw any names out there, but yeah, I, mean, I think I know we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, so stuff going on. We're in the same circles. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like it's like man, and and so it's it's good to know that there's champions of the industry that are getting success and and deserve it. You know, like and I think yeah. you're, I think you're a good voice for the community and and uh, and a, a good. I think it's good for Kickstarter too. People still hustling on Kickstarter to see like oh like like look how Commander Rao like. And not even to say like Commander Rao graduated because Commander Rao did just fine without Scout. But I mean, now months after the initial release, like people are going to see it again, which is interesting. And and hopefully mm-hmm. it ends up being good for you too. Yeah, like I'm, I'm really excited to get more people into Commander Rao. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I think the community around indie comics and the industry itself is kind of changing, like what you're saying about good people. Um, I think it's kind of come to light that a lot of the the malpractices and a lot of the harassment in the past is really, you know, not good. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we're definitely seeing more of like a cultural industry shift to, you know, fostering a better environment for people. And hopefully like that will get, you know, more people into comics and especially more diverse voices in comics. And I feel like, you know, one of the reasons why people are still shying away from the comics industry is that it, you know, traditionally has been very much a boys club. Mm-hmm. But I think if we foster that kind of really cool environment where everyone's just kind of chill and we're all supportive of each other, then, you know, we can maybe get some new voices in. Yeah. And I'm excited for that because mm-hmm. uh, I think it's it's desperately needed. Like, as I mean, I love I love the X-Men comics and superhero comics and cape stories and stuff, too. But. I mean, we, we still, it, as the, as a field, like as the whole field, like it needs, it needs more and people need to be, people need to be given more opportunities to tell the stories that they want to like Kickstarter offers a great amount of freedom, but mm-hmm. I just, and I, and I'm starting to see, you know, publishers take more risks and stuff, especially in the indie yeah. field and have success with that. But yeah, it's, we, I want, I want more stories from, from, you know, varied people and I'm all for that. So anything we can do to make that happen, you know, like mm-hmm. whether it's, whether it's me being annoying on a, on a podcast <laughs> and, and begging for guests or, or, uh, you know, scout, scout putting commander out uh on a different platform like yeah like let's do it let's party <laughs> oh absolutely i mean if you ever need guests i know a lot of people <laughs> i'm sure they'd love to come on yeah but so what um where okay i am i am like obsessed with the commander Rao video in the doll like <laughs> I, I had to, when I watched that, I was working when you mm-hmm. first put that out there and I had to like go on break. Cause I was like laughing so hard. And I, <laughs> I was like, I couldn't like talk on the phone or do anything. And I was oh like, I God. can't, like, I had to like pause and like walk away from my work desk and just, I was just dying, <laughs> especially just Boy. drinking, drinking the vodka sauce and like just so much of it. And I, I never heard about that sauce before. So I was just like intrigued by like the row and the row. Um, so you, you said your, your partner, your girlfriend did all of that, like got you the doll, filmed it, shot it, did everything. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, it was my idea to make okay. a, a super duper dumb TikTok video. Um, <laughs> pretty much, you, you know, since I released Rao last year, I get a lot of people sending me pictures of Rao sauce and being like, Hey, look, I'm in a Rao is a sauce. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I got to capitalize on this. Yeah. <laughs> And so I went to the grocery store and round sauce is super expensive. It's like 10 bucks a jar, right? I could get like 
for regular pasta sauce. Was it right. delicious though? Is it good? I'm, I don't know if it's just my taste buds, but I didn't notice the difference. Okay. Like I'm the kind of person you bring to a wine tasting and all the wine tastes the same to me. So <laughs> I'm probably not the best person to ask, but it was very expensive. So we only used very little of it because I need to savor it. And yeah, I was just like hanging out with my girlfriend one day and I was like, okay, I have an idea for like a really, really dumb promo. We're going to have Commander Rao make some pasta with Rao sauce and we're going to, we're going to, you know, figure out how to use this TikTok thing because I heard it's popular. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to do all that. And my lovely girlfriend was super on board for everything. And she just, you know, jumped up the idea. She was like, okay, we're going to make the pasta. Oh my God, you should get some of your, you know, friends' comics, but Commander Rao read the comics. And oh, here, have Commander Rao drink the pasta sauce. And it's just, I don't know, it was just like chaotic, dumb fun the entire time. <laughs> and then we got to eat the pasta after. So that was great. Dinner. <laughs> Yeah, the 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 including the friends uh, Kickstarter comics was was solid. Like, like what a great shout out! But yeah, that was so. I mean, I I I wonder how many people are gonna like steal your ideas for their next Kickstarter because it's like it's like a Kickstarter trailer, but but like not at all, and just ridiculous and awesome. And I mean, that thing got passed around too. Like it was. It was like everybody was retweeting it and it was just oh, this is awesome. Like I loved it. It was ridiculous. And I was like, Yeah, how can you like anybody who watches that, you like have to read Commander Round now. It's like you'll <laughs> I mean, like so. you'll you'll like spend the rest of your days in regret, like walking <laughs> alone, like with the storm cloud above your head, just being like, I should have got that comic after I saw that video, but I didn't. Yeah. Now I'm here. <laughs> you know, my you know. Um, when it comes to advertising, you always want to do something different. You always want to try to, you know, associate some things with the thing you're trying to advertise. So I'm hoping that every time someone sees pasta sauce, they'll think Commander Rao, and then maybe they'll pick up my book. <laughs> That's like the most uh, Dr. Evilly uh, subliminal messaging. Because, I mean, if you could trick everybody to buy anything, if, anytime you see pasta sauce to, like, buy your product, like you're you're gonna make it. You're that's it. Like you're gonna yeah. be like super villain rich. <laughs> right. Oh my god, I wish. But yeah, I mean, with that kind of advertising, I think it was just you know I see. A, I'm not like the smartest person in the room. So when it comes to advertising, I'm just like, how can I be like extremely dumb and try to stand out? And mostly, it's just extremely dumb. But I'm glad <laughs> people enjoy it. I'm glad people enjoy my weird sense of humor. <laughs> You you do have a, a great sense of humor, which is interesting because your online presence, you're you're all you're super kind to everybody, which is awesome. And you're just like, you, it seems like you're very inviting to people that read your comics, which I think is really cool in the land of social media. Because I think a lot of people are dicks to comic book creators, and I'm still surprised that some of them get online and choose to interact with people because I've seen I've seen the bad sides of it. So I, you know, always appreciative of that. Um, but it's interesting that you, as, as, as light and, and happy and goofy as, as you enjoy being, you wrote this like really intensely dark, uh, war story and, um, and just re really put some like intense sadness and, and emotion and kind of really nailed what I've come to see is like, you know, a soldier mentality and, and the, the, the pain and hardships of war and 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 also the the longing and struggle of of revenge and what that can do to you and you did that in 
in 30 pages like that's really cool like how did i mean i know you've probably answered this uh, a ton of times before but like did you ever know like when you were writing and drawing that like wartime narratives were going to be like the deal that you just slay to to a million the millionth power and blow everyone away with yeah honestly that was kind of unexpected (laughs) like um like I'm not gonna lie I am kind of drawn to tragedies I do like a good tragedy I do like something that'll make me cry um and a part of my when it comes to writing I'm like I like to make other people feel things like if I can have readers tears I will be very happy about that that kind of feels my writing (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um you know when when it comes to I think you know all my stories being about war and sadness I think part of it is just I really like to draw sci-fi things and I really like to draw armor and I really like to draw weapons like i know it's a little violent but i don't know these are the things that i like to draw i think they look cool so i think naturally just the easiest way to have an excuse to draw those things is to just have a battle and just have a war <laughs> so i'm just like oh i guess i guess there's a war now <laughs> but yeah. they do look very cool like you can say a ton of things about commander Rao, and one of the one of the first things is is she looks cool. She looks badass. The like the cape, the hat, the gadgetry, uh, the rocket boots. Like it's so awesome. Um, what you said you you like to play uh, some video games and stuff too. Like visually and, and like Rao's aesthetic. Like where did inspiration come from? Where were you pulling ideas from? Yeah. So um, Commander Rao's design was actually highly influenced by Lady Maria from Bloodborne. Okay. Um, like I, I saw a clip of Lady Maria in Bloodborne and I just thought she looked so cool. I knew absolutely nothing about her, but she looked so cool that I was just like 100% invested in whatever she was in. So I just felt like I want, you know, when you have a comic that's only 30 pages, you need to somehow, you know, get people invested somehow. So I was just like, okay, the character needs to look cool. So I kind of pulled a lot of inspiration from Lady Maria's design. And I was just like, I'm going to take that kind of old fashioned kind of clothing and I'm going to make it sci-fi. And, you know, a lot of the gadgetry and stuff that was um, kind of designed as a functional need from what I wanted from the fight scenes. Like, you know, I wanted to have some kind of verticality to the fight scene. So I gave her grappling hooks Um, when it came to coloring the comic, because um, it takes place at nighttime and everything was really dark. I needed to make Commander Rao's movements pop somehow. So I was like, okay, uh, I guess she has rocket boots now. And now people can see where she's going. So that was kind of how all that kind of came about. That's crazy. So just kind of like happenstance. I, I mean, not exactly happenstance, but just based on like the, the scenes and visuals you wanted to create is how you designed her gadgetry and outfit in a way. Yeah. Like I'm not saying I winged it, but I kind of winged it. <laughs> I definitely <Yeah>. winged it. <laughs> That's so cool though. Like, and I love the coloring. Your art is, is super metal though too. Like, and I really, uh, I, I saw your tweet about commissions and, and like, I was, I wish I, I wish I wasn't poor. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't be... poor either. That's <laughs> but that, um, I thought again, like, I thought that was cool. You were just like, I want to like, let me draw for Kickstarters. Like, 
that's i wish i could do something like if i if i could make people dinner but you know the the travel part and like <laughs> i would be like we'll we'll cook for kickstarter campaigns <laughs> i mean you know i am starting kickstarter soon so if you want to cook something for my kickstarter in 2022 hopefully we can arrange something like <laughs> I, I saw you make pancakes once and you know there are pancakes in my future book so oh i can i can make pancakes i can we could yeah. i don't uh, know if i could make uh -oh. like commander Rao pancakes like and like, i can't do pancake art commander Rao pancakes are really easy all you have to do is like make a pancake and put a frowny face on it and be like that's a commander Rao pancake that's sad. That's sad. That's sad pancake. <laughs> all right or like burn it because it's rocket boots i don't know <laughs> give it a gun <laughs> give it a give it a yeah. just, just huge rifle that like she delicately flips around while holding which is just so cool like i thought that was one of my favorite parts of the action scenes in that comic was, was just like well and you kept you keep waiting for her to like shoot someone right and she keeps pulling knives like she's fucking throwing knives around like while holding this rifle and you just make it look so cool and it's it's so crazy that that you you wrote and choreographed that you drew it and you colored it um and then I, you did everything but letter it and you, but you got one of the best letterers around to like do that part too so mm -hmm. you know letter squids did a great job in that uh in that book did they do the the like computer graphics too like where it kind of has like the, the it looks like the display graphics like in the like panel? the crosshairs and stuff yeah oh yeah he, he did all of that nice. <laughs> like the lettering all the crosshairs like and i'll be completely honest he made up most of the sound effects I, I think i wrote in like a fraction of that in the script and i was just like you can do whatever you want and he just did his thing and it turned out amazing <laughs> <laughs> that's uh comic book sound effects are so intense and like weird and it's it seems like a daunting task to like come up with those because you got you want to be like a little different too you know and uh and i just like all the like krakoom and krathoom and like thunder thunder s stuff and it's just yeah it's it's an interesting world and i love seeing letters like go crazy so i read a lot of horror mm -hmm. comics too so like the the like gushy gashy blood squirty stuff and it like the way they draw it and make it look cool is yeah, I dig. I dig that. I appreciate. I appreciate. Blake's buzz appreciates <laughs> letters. Basically, is what I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, <laughs> honestly, letters are the artists' artists, as my friend calls them. They pretty much take all my pages and make them look amazing. So, <laughs> bless letterers yeah. and graphic designers. They do. They do a lot of work. I mean, it. It also takes a lot of work to write, draw, and color. Uh, uh thirty, thirty pages, thirty plus pages too. So, I mean, not. <laughs> Not to put any light on like the artists in, but I'm I'm glad that you appreciate letters. It's and I'm, I'm I think it's cool you got like a, a a pretty popular letter to work on Rao as well. That's the people I've talked to on the show, and a lot of us have kind of talked about it like outside the show is that uh, especially like new Kickstarters, um, new new faces and names and whatnot. Mm -hmm they'll sometimes try and like budget that part and be like, Oh, well we can try and letter it ourselves. Cause it's just lettering. And then, and, and you, you know, like a lot of people don't notice like lettering until it's bad, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Like, I, cause like great lettering, I don't think it's talked about a lot, which is a bummer. Uh, mm -hmm. And, but yeah, so like when you, but when you come across bad lettering, you're like, Ooh, like, ugh. 
And so yeah. that, like, I've noticed with Kickstarters, a lot of that is, um, that's where like, you'll throw like the budget out and it's like, no, don't do that. Please, <laughs> please don't yeah. do that. Like uh, for Do You Believe in Afterlife, my first book, I did all the design and there wasn't a lot of lettering, but I still lettered it myself, but it was really hard and I had no idea what I was doing. And I honestly don't think it looked that great. So for my next project, I'm like, okay, I'm definitely getting a letterer. Like, I guess I don't have to pay for art, so I might as well just pay all my money to letterer. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's gotta uh, that's gotta change your budget up quite a bit when you're like you can write it and draw it and color it. Like I would, I, I couldn't. Like you're never gonna buy a. Like uh, I, I might be able to write something decently, but like you're never gonna buy a Blake Morgan original. Like <laughs> like Tom King can draw better than me. I'm pretty sure. I mean, like I only started drawing, I think when I was 19. So, which was, I think like seven years ago and it seems like a long time, but it kind of flies by to be honest. Like, <laughs> so if you ever want to start, I say it's never too late. Like if it's something you enjoy doing, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> what, uh, you're, you're di mainly digital, right? Yeah. What do you, what's, what's your, what's your artist rig? What do you, what, what do you work on? Um, so I actually just do everything on a very tiny 10.5 inch iPad pro. Like it's not even the biggest size. I think it's like the medium size. Um, and I use clip studio. So that's what I kind of drew pretty much everything on so far. I'm planning to upgrade to like a bigger tablet just cause I think it's better for my ergonomics, mm. but yeah, that also costs money. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I mean, any iPad, even like the the tiny ones are expensive. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I would love this. The last iPad I had was an iPad 2. And I was stood in line. I remember like standing in line for it. And I paid like $550 for it. And uh, a few years ago, I gave it to my buddy's kids because it was like <laughs> slow and useless. It wasn't even HD. It was like yeah. the saddest screen. And I, and it, and I was oh. just like, but my buddy's kids loved it. Like they could use it for stupid stuff. And oh, I was absolutely. Like, I was like, like, here's, here's my trash. <laughs> <laughs> one man's trash is another treasure. That is true. So what's, okay. So like, I'm kind of dumb with like artist stuff and like, you see like some of these like real huge iconic artists uh, or even like McFarlane, like he does his, his Facebook videos and stuff. And he's got like, the computer and the screen and then he's got the weird giant screen thing you draw on and it's huge and then but a lot of like well-known artists with names you recognize now i'm also hearing people say like yeah i draw on an ipad and so mm -hmm. like what's the diff like what's the difference is the wacom or whatever is that what it is like the weird deal they the draw Cintiq, on? like the yeah, that giant monitors yeah <laughs> so like is there is it just like more real estate like you have like more area or um so with, i chose an ipad just because of the portability of it like i can bring it anywhere with me and it's just kind of small and handy to have and mm -hmm. it's pretty powerful for how small it is so it, you know my ipad's still running decently not great but decently <laughs> after like three years of intensive use um but you know the thing with um wacom tablets like i used to have one i didn't have a cintiq but i have like the really tiny ones is that you know the drivers never seem to like my computer so i'll plug it in and it just doesn't read the drivers and i have to restart my computer and then plug it in again and then troubleshoot all that and i just kind of got annoyed <laughs> with it so i was like okay i'm gonna get an ipad which i know everything is going to be compatible and work and just you know upload your files to the cloud drive and then transfer it to my computer and save it that way <laughs> nice and then you just use the apple pen to do like all the drawing yeah pretty much wow so yeah that does seem a lot it, i guess it doesn't look as cool like when you like take a picture <laughs> of your office 
you don't have like three monitors and this deal sideways taking up half your desk. But yeah, I just I've always yeah. wondered like what um because it's the new iPads are crazy powerful. Like I would they're basically laptops now. They just mm-hmm. don't call them laptops. Um and I I would really like to have one, but I just I've been wondering uh like what the benefit is is like having all this fancy stuff like in your office or just a tablet and a lot of people like just having the tablet, but that I didn't think about that of like your computer getting mad at you and <laughs> stuff like, you know, like, Oh, like yeah. my computer doesn't work today. <laughs> like Yeah. Like you always want a backup plan, but yeah. yeah. Like I'm the kind of person who holds on to technology, even if it's struggling and it's like 10,000 years old, I had a windows Vista until 2017. So. <laughs> okay. Vista is one of the best operating systems windows ever put out though. Like Vista was legit. I mean, it lasted like 10 years for me, so yeah. got to have something good about it. <laughs> hey, I'm, we are doing this interview right now on a 2013 MacBook Air. Oh I, bought, I bought this don't thing die. when I, yeah, like, dude, don't die at this moment, please. <laughs> um, yeah, I bought it when I started uh, grad school, and uh, and it's still... It, it doesn't like doing video stuff that much, but for audio, like it works okay. And um, I just, the webcam kind of sucks, but I don't do a lot of video stuff. So whatever. Okay. I mean, I feel like the webcam on your old Mac is better than the webcam I have that I just bought like last year. <laughs> At the same time, it was like a super cheap $20 webcam. So. Yeah. I, I would, I don't, I don't even, this, this Mac was not cheap when I bought it. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, I had that, I had that student loan money. And then now they're now I'm like, why did I do that and buy a computer and now I have to pay it back. And anyway, that's a whole, that's a whole different story <laughs> for, <laughs> for a different time. Uh, <laughs> we're we're yeah. here to talk about Blake's sad student loans. Um, <laughs> but, but if you want to donate to the podcast no it's not kidding uh <laughs> so, so uh so you're you're uh you claim to not be a marketing genius but you made the the coolest commander route cooking video ever um you have uh you have a ton of talent and you have a, a supportive partner who does awesome internet videos and stuff <laughs> so like you're just like living the dream over there uh and uh, you know like up in where in canada are you from toronto okay so you're just man you know you're just it, I, is commander or is is i almost say commander Rao, is, is canada like as nice as everybody says because everyone here like we there's just this notion that like everybody's just sweet and charming and friendly and you guys don't just shoot each other in the streets and stuff like we do i mean i wouldn't say canada is like perfect there's definitely things i don't like about it right now gas is like a dollar 50 a liter mm. I, I don't i think you guys use gallons i don't know how much that is but pretty much gas is a lot right now okay. and everything is a lot right now <laughs> um but i mean i'm happy here and i feel <laughs> like i'm just comfortable here so <laughs> Yeah, my my friend Joe is is from like Quebec, and he uh, he always complains about uh, shipping prices and the mail and stuff. And he, especially with Kickstarters, because there's like a lot of Kickstarters he wants to back, and then and then like that shipping deal pops up, and like a twenty dollar Kickstarter turns into like a thirty five or forty dollar Kickstarter real quick, and. I didn't realize that until recently. And I was like, I, I thought that was kind of a bummer. And I've, I've realized it too, where like, sometimes I'll be back in an overseas project and, and like Kickstarter will be like, here's it's this, but converts it for you. And you're like, Oh, I can afford that. And then it's shipping. And then you're like, Oh shit, I guess yeah. I'll, I'll go digital. I'll go digital on this. <laughs> 
but yeah. it's uh that's other than that he, he seems to think that he, he likes it he lives in like real rural areas though like he's not oh, around he, many people and he like he lives in the forest or something i don't know i don't know I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly much more of a city person i like being around places i like not walking like five hours to go to walmart yeah i like just having things around I do. I do too. I'm so I, I live in Kansas city. So I'm like in the middle of the, of the U S and I, I live in like kind of a, a conservative like line of States, but we're like this liberal little spot, like, and it's like, it's like a big little city kind of place. And I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I don't have to travel much. And I mean, it's funny. Cause like, I don't think of like Kansas city as being like a huge place, but like just in regards of like comic book stores like i i have like four comic book stores that are fairly close and like it's amazing yeah and then and like some people online are like i have to drive like an hour or have to order online because there's just none around and it's like oh wow but i mean that's that's i feel like it sounds like a cool idea but i feel like that'd be a hard business to run yeah um, especially like lately like with everything going like all these weird shipping delays and there's no paper and right boats are stuck in places it's like it's crazy yeah. right like all this weird shit's just kind of happening out of nowhere lately like right after the uh the, the pandemic diamond shutdown scare for like a you know a month and a half or whatever it was and, God, yeah, and everybody left diamond and <laughs> yeah like Every, everything's different about publishing now I've, i have a friend who works in a in a comic book store and she always shows me like some of the packages they get from the new publishers and some of them like know how to ship well but i, I think like penguin or someone is doing some shipping now and yeah they're, they're having a rough go figuring like oh boy. <laughs> you, you would think that you would be like oh we just need to ship this box to where things aren't going to fall apart inside the box i don't know i'm not a scientist <laughs> I mean, I guess they ship like books and they're not used to like the floppies. So yeah. I'm guessing maybe they just don't pack them tight enough. I don't know. But that's what, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it, I mean, I've seen like tons of pictures though. It's so sad. Like, oh, I no. guess at least you can, send them, you can send them back and they, they like send better ones. But it's like, damn. Like, and it's funny because, or it's not funny, but they're all talking about this paper shortage. And it's like, how many times are they having to reprint these books and stuff to sell additional copies because you keep ruining them? I don't know. Like I'm over here, like trying to, trying to like add two and two together and make five, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Like it's easy. It's easy to talk about. I guess it's not easy to do. They, yeah. uh, you know about shipping though, right? Like from your Kickstarter? I know some things. I know it's a lot of money and I know it's a lot of work. <laughs> did you did you do it or did you hire someone to like ship your comics for you oh no i i packed everything in my basement and then i shipped it out <laughs> nice and is it um i've heard that that's like kind of the worst <laughs> like that whole shipping experience yeah. is just kind of like it's not enjoyable for anybody basically it's just kind of a lot of like repetitive menial tasks like i mean i want to get these books out to people but at the same time it's just like you know you're you're you know packing everything you're trying to get all the um i guess addresses from kickstarter onto whatever um shipping company you use so you're like copy and pasting everything one by one times like 300 and Ugh. it's yeah, <laughs> a little mind-numbing but 
you know, everybody got their books, so I, I got to be doing something, right? Yeah, I mean, that's um, that's one of the only things you can well, you can hope for a lot of things, but that's one of the the big deals, right? After the Kickstarter, people get their books, and then you know you want you want them to like take the pictures of their mail and be like, oh, look what I got. And uh, who was it? Uh, uh, David Peppos told me he he was like he was like everything feels great. You like ship out stuff, and then you get like one return like box or something. And he said that was like one of the biggest terrors that he experiences he got this one return and then it was like oh god how many more are going to come back and luckily like he did, didn't it was just like a couple but he was like oh my god yeah <laughs> he was like after shipping out because he did the same thing like he was carting stuff to his post office like every day for like he would do like a couple hundred a day because the oz was yeah, nuts he had like a thousand back yeah. <laughs> i'm like oh my god i don't know how he did it <laughs> he does like he does like 50 podcasts a week when he does a kickstarter he's i don't i don't think he sleeps uh jared luhan doesn't think he sleeps either like we talked we talked about that because <laughs> he did um i remember like he he did we did an interview and and I was like super stoked to talk to him. And I remember he was like, he was like, yeah, I did like two interviews earlier and I got one after this. And then I was like, oh, wow, no, no uh, pressure on me to like not be annoying and say the same <laughs> thing a whole bunch of times. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. He, was, he was cool. That's exhausting, but good for him. I mean, obviously he's doing well and podcasts are working. <laughs> yeah. I think if it's like, if you do like, like 20 podcasts a week is like maybe like equates to ten thousand dollars it's in the in the in the pepos uh equation uh so so maybe he's on to something like you just you just do like a month of never-ending podcasts and uh and then just i can't imagine how exhausting that would be though like as someone who like mm-hmm. thinks i'm a decent interview and and thinks i'm an all right guy to talk to but like if you had to talk to like five of me in a day like you'd be like that like after like into that fourth interview you'd be like oh my god fuck this <laughs> i mean i guess it depends on the kind of person like some people can just go on all day they like sleep for four hours and they get up and then they're just you know high energy on the ball i'm definitely the kind of person who sleeps for 12 hours a day so (laughs) (laughs) you gotta you gotta get that that creative energy like where's you out you gotta re you gotta redo it get the recharge that's what i was trying to say (laughs) redo it yeah exactly i need my beauty nap so the beauty coming through my heart that's what that's what i say Um, where, okay. I, speaking of, speaking of beauty and your art, where did the obsession of commander Rao's abs come from? Do you know like how that's, cause you did it as like a, a Kickstarter print for, um, Oh, uh, Richard's, uh, uh, Richard Kemp's, uh, spirit priest. Um, yeah, I, I, like I did a print for him. Yeah. Yeah. And then around that time you were like, you did something about where if something happened, you were going to draw commander Rao's abs and then you did. Then the internet caught on fire. <laughs> like that. Um, so that was actually for um, an anthology called Yule that oh, I was in. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So I think it had like five days left and a couple thousand dollars left to go. So, and I was, you know, I was in this anthology. So obviously I wanted to get funded, but <laughs> it's also like a really great anthology. So I'm like, okay, y- you know, what can I offer to, you know, get this project funded? And, you know, like I said, I, I like to do really dumb things. So I was like, okay, you know, I think people like Commander Rao. What if, you know, you combine Commander Rao and abs, which is also something that I wanted to see. So everybody <laughs> wins. <laughs> you know, if this project gets funded and we get Rao abs. And then I think people just thought that was, you know, 
they liked it or they thought it was hilarious. And then it just kind of became a running gag. Like people started asking me to draw abs on their other Kickstarter comics and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> sure. You're like, you, hey, you throw me, throw me some PayPal bucks. I'll draw abs on whatever you need me to draw abs Yeah, on. like $5 per ab. Let's go. Boom. <laughs> Money. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what I should have advertised for my commissions instead. Just like I'll draw abs on anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you need to advertise. I I would, I hope anyway that you just saying like, Hey, I'm doing some commissions. Like you should be getting emails. Like, like I said, I, I would be in that email. Uh, I would, I think your prices are fair and, uh, and it would be crazy to, to have a, a an original piece of your art uh, to hang up. How does, how does digital commissioning work? Like, I, I again like I'm I'm not a smart person so like the art stuff really confuses me but I like I know um I, I mean obviously you're 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 drawing something specifically for the client uh mm-hmm. and then and then but I mean it's a digital file so like if say like I got something drawn by you and then like I have a blog and stuff or like could you like take that image and put it on a t-shirt like or is it like is it like an NFT? Do you buy it and the world explodes and everybody <laughs> cries and nature burns down? Or I'm just kidding. I know you're not selling NFTs. Yeah. <laughs> so good news. When you commission from me, nature does not burn down. The world is still intact. <laughs> uh, um, pretty much. Um, I send people like a high-res file and I'll have like um, kind of like a terms of sale being like it's either for personal use only. So if you want it to give as a gift, you can print it out. If you want it to print it on a t-shirt and give it out to someone. Um, and then if you want it to be i guess like a print or a commercialized for something like kickstarter or cover then that's usually a little bit extra and that's mm. kind of a, a different process i guess okay yeah okay i'm just taking notes for that that one day when when i write a comic book script and make it happen like there are there are few artists where like i would really want to either do like a print or like a variant cover or like you know stretch goal shenanigans stuff and like you would like you would be one of them i would be like i would love to i would like, i would totally like hit you up to be on my kickstarter because i i'm starting to see and i like i for real love your art but i mean some of these names like especially with kickstarter like you guys develop the this following and and it's it's a different following than people that go to comic book stores for their comics there's like you know like a little niches of like of comic readers and kickstarter is now one of them and i you know like i know just like like charlie stickney talked about this too and he was like you know you you develop this following and so then you know it, it becomes you know almost better to release on kickstarter than to release somewhere else because people are like they're waiting for you yeah like there's there's pros and cons um like when i think when trying to get new people into comics when i try to explain to them how to go to a comic book shop and how to order and how to use diamond they're like it's super confusing people don't know what i'm talking about but if i just tell them to go to kickstarter kick this link and say back then they'll be like oh okay i know how to do that yeah it's yeah it's a lot simpler and like you get the comics right to your door um like I, I think it is kind of a different world um to be honest i'm still kind of wrapping my head around how to reach out to comic book stores and direct market stuff i feel like you know when i do dumb things with the row video it's not like i can send that row video to comic book stores because they might just put me on a fan list <laughs> and like well what is this random thing cooking pasta why is this in my email so it's like you know a different kind of marketing i'm still trying to figure out yeah 
how did um how'd you hook up with scout like or, or i don't know if you if you can talk about it or i mean well, i mean it's not like a secret now everybody knows but <laughs> i mean like you know i've heard i've heard like there's you know two sides of that kickstarter coin where some people you know once you have the actual comic it's you, you can shop that out to publishers and say hey look what i did and here's my baby you know like don't you want my baby and <laughs> and and then but you know then occasionally sometimes like they'll they'll come knocking on your door and they're like hey we saw this um what, what like were you shopping it or or did they just like did they just fall in love with Rao like the rest of the world and, and come banging uh, on your door? No, I, I pitched to them. So pretty much um, right after I got the digital out, I was like, okay, you know, I've practiced making a Kickstarter. I guess I'll practice how to pitch to publishers. And to be honest, Scout was the only publisher I pitched to. Um, a part of me felt like they were the only people I had a chance with because a lot of people aren't really open for submissions. Yeah. But yeah, I guess I really lucked out because then a week later, they're like, hey, is this comic still available? And I was like, yes. And then began the very slow process of getting the book actually out. <laughs> That's what's amazing is because like, so this is all like right now, current news that most regular people have heard about, right? But mm -hmm. this this transaction between you and Scout happened many months ago before the utterance ever even occurred so like how oh my god how impossible is it to just not want to like get online like when you're you just like have to wait for these people to tell you like it's okay to talk about and i'm sure you told like a couple close friends and family and stuff you know but you know you just want to like scream it from the rooftops like commander rose getting published and do you have to wait like four or five six months is how hard is that i think i waited like almost a year oh a <laughs> year wow yeah, like but yeah it was um i think i just told you know a couple close friends and i never shut up to my close friends for <laughs> a year so they just had to you know whenever i want to scream about it i just scream at the same like five people and they just had to put up with me for a year so I think they're the real MVPs. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good to have friends, right? Like it's, it's crazy how, how weird the world can be when you just are nice to most people and, and treat your friends well, and can just kind of live life like that. And in that kind of happy space, like you don't have to be mean. You don't have to get online and be a little asshole. You can just be nice to people and the world kind of treats you right for it. You know, it's kind of yeah. funny how it works. <laughs> I mean, Science. Like, yeah. <laughs> Twitter can be a scary space, but I think as long as you find like the right people to vibe with, it's yeah. a little less scary. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm still getting used to like, and, and I mean, like, I don't have many followers compared to like some other people, but like a lot more people are following me now. And, and a lot of them are like uh, new publishers and, and creatives and stuff. And and so I actually had a friend like tell me the other or this was a while back, but they were like, you know, like you have a bigger audience now. You may want to learn to like watch what you say sometimes. And I'm not good at that. Right. Like it's like I was like, I'm like an overshare. And and I have like I said, I have a filthy mouth and I'm just I don't know how to shut up. Basically, I, mean, I follow you. Everything that you post seems pretty fun. Like I haven't seen anything that was like terrible <laughs> yeah no it, facebook memories is the devil basically and they oh, like the, the last like couple weeks they've like popped up like stuff that was like oh two years ago and it like showed me some food i made and i was like oh shit that oh. was the last date i had and then, oh, then they're like oh two years no. and you're like oh god 
Uh, anyway, so yeah. I mean, I consider that we don't age during the pandemic. So in my head, it's still like early 2020. Like <laughs> time not, is not time has ceased. Over, yeah. <laughs> it is March 2020 in my head, and no nice. one can convince me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, other than that, like the pandemic has actually treated me uh, quite well. Like I never thought I'd be working from home. Like that is awesome. Like, oh my God. Like, I mean, I, I sit at a computer, so it like makes sense. Like, I, yeah, I could do that anywhere, but oh man, like the, just the not caring and like, just like not having to drive anywhere. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm here. Uh, the amount of money, like you said, like gas isn't super cheap here. And so like to not really worry about having to fill up your tank because you don't have to go many places. That's been super awesome. And all this happened, like the interviews, the, the blog, all that shit happened because I was bored. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now, so, now we're here. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, you know, the pandemic had some good things come out of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, I, like I said, I always feel guilty saying that, but you know, it, it's, um, I, I think, you know, and a lot of people will agree with me that pandemic did uh, a lot of great things for Kickstarter, uh, and and I think, you mm-hmm. know, in the last year and a half, Kickstarter has definitely shrugged that notion off where you know, like in, in, in most, in a lot of the literary fields still like with, you know, novels and novellas and like poetry and stuff, like you can always self-publish, but there's always that notion of like, oh, you self-published, you know, and, and yeah. we don't have that with comic books anymore. I, like, mean, I mean, Dune, the official graphic novel adaptation from Legendary Pictures is on Kickstarter right now. So yeah. It's gotta have some legitimate. Right? Yeah. Keanu Reeves was on Kickstarter. Yeah, Regardless of, of what you want to think or say about that situation, Keanu Reeves still was part of a comic book that released on Kickstarter. <laughs> I mean, I, but I mean, even uh, you know, Scott Scott Snyder was on Kickstarter. Uh there's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of big uh, you know, uh Jeff Jeff Lemire and Matt Kent did um uh the space detective. Uh, uh it's not the right title, but you know, that was they did yeah. that Kickstarter. And so, I mean, yeah, like p- there are big names and, and big money is going into Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Kendra Wells campaign right now is just printing money. Um, yeah. And like, you know, like it's crazy. And so like, it's, you know, these, these Kickstarter campaigns like can't be ignored as, I mean, it's real. Like it's, it's a real means of publishing, mm-hmm. but it's, it's different, you know? And, yeah. and, it, and it's like you said, you get the freedom like if you can handle doing your own press and especially like shipping and stuff, like if you can put that on your own shoulders, like what's stopping you, you can tell the story you want to tell right now. Like you just exactly, go out there and yeah. do it. Like, you know, publishing is, is nice. I guess it gets you into stores, but there's so much waiting and like, mm-hmm. like months and months and bureaucracy and all of that stuff. And you know, if you have a cool idea and you can make it happen, then why not just kickstart it? <laughs> What did, um, did you know? I, well, I mean, when did it hit you? Like when, during your campaign for Rao and stuff, like, um, were you like, when you realized that like you caught fire when you're like, you're like, Oh shit, I, I have something real here. And it's like, it's gaining momentum. And then even now, like the camp, you know, the, the campaign for commander Rao ended a long time ago and, and people are still, uh, buying your comic online and um, you do podcasts even before the scout announcement, like commander Rao is, is around and is not going anywhere. 
Like, did, I mean, did, did you get a feeling that, that you had, that you had done something phenomenal like that? Or is it, are you still just like, what is happening? I don't understand this. Yeah. I think I'm just going with the flow. I don't particularly <laughs> understand how all that happened. Um, I do remember that on the day I was about, I was going to launch the Kickstarter. I was launching at noon. And then I think at like 9am, 9am in the morning, I started getting like messages from people being like, where's the Kickstarter? Why isn't it up yet? <laughs> So then I think that was when I kind of knew, okay, this might be a little bigger than I had anticipated. And I think I only had like a $2,000 goal and it funded in four hours. And I was like, oh, well, now I got to figure out what to do next for the rest of the campaign. Like it's already funded. What else can I offer? Um, but yeah, I'm actually really surprised that I managed to somehow keep some of the hype going for a whole year. Like I have no idea how I did that. It's probably the abs, but yeah, it's, probably yeah everybody wants abs like i'm never gonna have them but it's nice to think about other people can have them that's great (laughs) i think i draw them because it's like you know i don't have them so it's kind of like a compensatory thing where it's well if i can't have them i'll just draw them (laughs) (laughs) and you draw them well like i I mean like severely washboard you could do laundry on those things just like Like, uh, I love that. Uh, I love that. Like the, the commander, Brad, the one we're talking about is, you know, when like she's like pulling her pants down a little bit and the shirt up and it's just like, that's just, that's just like a sexy pose anyway. And then it's just like, look at how ripped I am. And it's just like, yeah, like that's a fucking hero right there. But oh, yeah, you know, I, I'm trying to reach my target audience here. I need people to be invested in Commander Rao. And, you know, if they don't know anything about the story, how can I get them invested in this character? Well, yeah, I guess thirst, you know, <laughs> like thirst. <laughs> Like everyone is, everyone is shallow and thirsty. <laughs> I will, I will market to you. Yeah, um, but they are. I mean, look at no, those. Um, true. Like, yeah, look at all those Kickstarters that are like, you know, just like big boob comics. They make like thousands and thousands and thousands. I know, and I always <laughs> think about. I I sometimes think about doing like one of the nude variants. Uh, I like pinup covers, like mm-hmm. uh, David Nakayama. I love his his covers, but you know, like a lot of they're all clothed, right? Or like I, I uh, art germs, like beautiful women covers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like uh, and so I always I love pinups, and uh, it's I always think about during Kickstarter where it's like, oh, this looks cool, and then it's like, oh, there's like eighteen nude variants, and I'm like, sometimes <laughs> I'm like, maybe maybe I will once, but then you're like, uh, you're like, man, I'm paying like thirty five dollars for someone to draw boobs on a, d-, you know, and it's like, is yeah. it, and, then, and then you always wonder like, some of the comics look cool, but it's like, is this like a compensation because the comic's not going to be that great? So you have to distract me with nudity. Is this a good investment? like all these things cross my mind and then i end up just it ends up not happening but it's i always think of it they like they always kind of get me in like the peripheral vision i'm like oh naked cover but (laughs) yeah that's how they get you you know and you know if it sells i guess it makes you money so yeah live your life (laughs) there's there's one now it's like uh oh the it's like zombie cheerleaders or something and it looks kind of cool but it's i mean again it's it's like just and they're great covers like they they get good artists but yeah it's just there's just zombie boobs everywhere and it's like wow like this is this is where we're at and it's more and more kickstarters are are, are doing them like they're it, they're obviously gaining traction and and people people are buying them like like i said i keep yeah. thinking about it but i've 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 yet to actually pull the trigger on on a on a nudie fancy variant <laughs> 
Well, I mean, the campaigns are still young. I'm sure there will be more of it. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm also scared of like, uh, for the same reason where um, I always think about uh, like putting yourself in the comic. Right. And, And I was like, Oh, like once I do that one time, then like this is how Blake becomes homeless because all my money go like I'm going to be in every oh. single Kickstart comic ever, uh, which would be, you know, that would be neat. But that's so that'd be very cool. Yeah. Right. Like, like, where's so Waldo, cool. but, like where's Blake? Yeah. <laughs> everywhere. He's everywhere, baby. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. Kickstarter comic unless Blake's in it. <laughs> right. Like, that's it. That's I did. I just started. uh changing when they you put your pledge name i started putting blake's buzz so i was like i was like oh man that's like branding like no one's gonna know who blake morgan is like i gotta change it oh. so yeah hopefully that would be cool to have blake's buzz in every comic but yeah right like i thought like uh steve Urena did one and i was like oh i could be a zombie um dust pirates you could be a pirate and then it was like mm-hmm. it was like man that, like, that would be so cool but yeah like, that's like 100 150 a pop and that starts to, on yeah. top of like all the other kickstarters like it's already like the 15th and the 30th of the month are already like oh god what did blake do in the last two weeks like <laughs> yeah honestly I, you know i get so many kickstarters that I just like forgot I backed and you know until I get the credit card bill or until something shows up at my door and I'm just like oh what's this <laughs> mysterious package and it's like Christmas all over again so I do like that part the the random mail <laughs> when you forget and you're like oh it's shipped oh that's awesome yeah I, that happens to me all the time it, it used to happen to me with uh, eBay uh, I used to, cause I used to drink a, a little, a lot more when I was like at the bar and stuff. And mm. I, I would, <laughs> I would drunkenly buy a lot of eBay comics and just like tons of stuff showing. I mean, I was making cash money, like at tip outs yeah. and stuff. So it was like, you know, I didn't you make more cash on the weekend. You don't think about it. And so, yeah, I, was, mm-hmm. I would just get like tons of shit in the mail. And I was like, what? I'm like, I'm never going to be able to read all this. Like, I'm pretty sure I've reached the point where I'm buying for my retirement. Like one day when yes, I retire, yeah. I'm actually going to get to read all these books I bought. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's fun. You know, I still have a like four foot stack of comics that I need to get through and who knows when I'll actually get around to it. <laughs> see you guys though like you have the creator as you're like i'm working you're like i'm i'm creating i'm making new comics i'm doing this stuff i'm running a campaign like my whole deal is i'm a guy who reads comic books and talks about them and i still can't read enough comic books and talk about books it. Out there, so, <laughs> you know, don't beat yourself up for that no, I, 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 I joked with people that if I didn't have like the day job, I could have taken over the internet by now. Like I, like, I would have read all the comics. I'm always scared. Like the people are going to take their review copies away. Cause I get a lot of publisher review copies and mm-hmm. I'm always like, if I don't like review one of their comics in like two weeks, are they going to be like, Blake's off the list. Oh, Screw no. this guy. <laughs> that hasn't happened yet though. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope not. <laughs> that's like the best. That's like this fear I have is like, like the production gods are going to look down on me and be like, you're not writing enough reviews. Yeah. Blake, I heard if you're not writing at least a hundred reviews a day, I'm sh- I'm sorry, but they like revoke your reviewer card. Yeah. So. They just, they're <laughs> like, they're like, you're done. The Blake's buzz is turned into a Blake's hum. And the Blake's <laughs> hum is turned into a Blake's whisper. <laughs> it's just, it's just going to keep changing. Yeah. Well, at least I, at least I had one good interview left before they take everything away from me. I got, <laughs> I got Phil Allen and, and the, the creator of Commander Rao on the show. And I mean, where the hell am I going to go from this anyway? Like, that's it. Like, it's, 
Well, you'll always get my comics, that I'll guarantee. Even if you never read them, I'll just keep sending them to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do read them. And oh, that I did want to, I did uh, read the, uh, the, the prelude story, uh, the, the five pager. Yeah. And like you, okay. So like, you can always tell, like your art looks really great colored, you know, and in, in, in the final pages, but it's really different when you just see like an artist's line work and in ink, you know, without the color and, and you <laughs> see a lot more to appreciate. And like, you're really good at drawing. <laughs> oh, I didn't draw the five pages. I didn't pages, this. Yeah. Didn't? No, that was, that was um, Jeremy Simpson. Oh, He's just, a storyboard artist for yeah, like one division and everything. It wasn't as good as your art anyway. I knew there was something <laughs> weird. Shit. <laughs> uh, it, well, it, their faces and stuff look similar. I, he had like, he, the vibe carried over. Like, it very much felt like the world, I guess. Oh, yeah, like, like he's super talented. Like he, he got all the characters. He got the world, like. Like there was a reason I picked him for my oh. short comic. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, well, see, that's another. I just don't read good. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I just I, I assumed it was like yeah, all right. Well, you know what they I say about I it. Like yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, your art's really badass though. Still, but I, I yeah, I thought it was I, I thought it was your black and white work. But anyway, we just edit this out and not talk about it ever again. Just kidding. that was all good. I mean, you know, I think Jeremy's work deserves to be seen. Like he he really pulled out all the chops. He's super talented. I wish I could do black and white art as good as he does. To be honest, I don't really know how to do like spot blacks and like heavy inks so oh, really? whenever i see people do that i'm mesmerized yeah because like all i do is like really thin line art and then the rest of it is just coloring um yeah see, i think coloring is is like the that always seems like the hard part um just because like i mean you're kind of expected to control the mood with it on top of just make it look cool like that's a lot <laughs> that's like a lot of shit to put on your shoulders like yes make the art look better and vibrant and and you know add like reflections and texture and do all that but also control your reader's mood like just do that on top of everything else <laughs> i mean color is actually my favorite part like i love really? using moody colors i love lighting yeah and like you know if you ever see i think in the kickstarter version i put in some of the process work where you just see like my line art which is super duper plain and there's it doesn't really look like much of anything but then after you color it and i put in all the colors and the effects and that's when it kind of actually looks passable <laughs> so you know that's what i kind of spend all my time on i just learned what the flatter is the other day like like i mean like seriously like two or three weeks ago like i just learned about this like and um it's it's funny because like the flat work looks good so you know and it's like oh that looks cool and then like the the finished you know like with shadow and everything and, and texture and it's like yeah. it's like whoa like holy shit like the first part looked good but then then it like totally changed again like i, I don't know that, that stuff amazes me it's crazy that you can just do that on a tablet like you, you know like it, you're just like i just take my ipad and, and make great shit and then just put it out there and people pay me for it that's cool that's fucking rad man like that that's the dream like i don't um i sold a couple t-shirts that's about all i've done <laughs> and and, and those, i made the t-shirts on canva oh. like i i had to use photoshop for dummies to like make the put your name so, on a shirt and people will buy it yeah well yeah. they will but i i did not know that that was gonna happen like that <laughs> that shock because i i made it i was because i was gonna start um I wanted to start doing like TikTok, 
uh, videos and stuff. Cause I think there's a few people on there doing comic book, TikTok stuff, but not a lot. Mm -hmm. And, and a two minute video, you can post that to both Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. So you could post mm -hmm. it everywhere. And, uh, but uh, yeah, then I found out that like, Oh, editing videos is, is hard and like it's, it's just like yeah two minute video like it sounds like you're like oh two minutes and then you're like oh that's like can be hours of work uh and and like thinking about the scenes and like when to you know cut it off i mean that's like for real like even your commander Ralph video like that's why i was so impressed with it because i've tried to make short interesting videos and it's really hard and, and you two just nailed it like out of the park and made this hilarious awesome uh comic book commercial kind of i mean video. that one minute long tiktok video took four hours to make <laughs> and i think like two hours to edit so it definitely took an extremely long time yeah well, it's, it's, it's yeah. intense like, we didn't know how to use tiktok the app because neither of us have used it before so we're just like okay trying to figure this out and <laughs> try not to screw it up and hoping the app doesn't crash <laughs> I felt like such an old, like useless person because I was on YouTube, like, or, or YouTube, like trying to watch YouTube videos on how to make and, and edit with TikTok. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, like eight year olds are making Fortnite videos that can win a movie award. And I'm, I'm 30, I'm 36 years old, like Googling, like, how do I make a TikTok video? <laughs> I was like, but yeah, so anyway, I was, I was going to buy the Blake's, I was going to have a Blake's Buzz shirt to wear. Mm -hmm during the video you know because you know branding's important i guess and uh and then my family bought them and then i started posting pictures online of like people buying my t-shirts and like they would send me like look what i got in the mail and i started posting that and then like random a couple of followers bought them and i and i'm like i've that's sold amazing. like i've sold like 40 freaking shirts with my name on it like oh my gosh that's nuts. so cool yeah, yeah. i should have bought a printing press i could have made a ton of money <laughs> <laughs> instead i i use like that that t-hub or whatever it is and mm -hmm. I, get, I get like two bucks a shirt but it's like it's cool um but yeah. i mean they're i'm but sure they like it <laughs> they're they're making a lot of money on stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah like it gets i i just like i can't like seeing my name on a shirt that someone buys and then like thinking of like uh of you all and like how you get like this comic book with your name on it and then now you know yours is going to be re-released and you could maybe see it on a shelf somewhere too and i i just that that experience has got to be like my weird t-shirt phenomenon times like a million <laughs> yeah like you know i feel like there's like a high point where like when your book is coming out or when like when your shirt is selling and you're like you feel on top of the world and everything's great and then all of a sudden it's over and you're just like what do i do next do i make a new shirt do I make a new comic? Like, you know, I think it's that downtime when you're not, when you don't have anything to sell that kind of gets to some people and you kind of feel down that you're not like, I guess, doing as much as other people. Yeah. Yeah. But right now I'm just trying to, trying to keep up that row hype for as long as I can <laughs> and try not to think about what comes next. <laughs> Do you ever, um, were you like, cause I know you, you mentioned you want to tell more of the stories and I, and I think that whole world, especially because you know there's other soldiers there's other you know, elements to the war we can know about and different battles and stuff and like it, it works well to like a series of one shots or even if even if you ever like did like an anthology and like brought other people into it you know like I, it warrants itself to like that kind of exploration but yeah. um when you have a, a large amount of success with a with a character like that and and a character that you came out with that's yours and and people obviously want more of it. 
is there ever like a fear that like you want you put out something else and they're gonna be like that's not like uh Ral's not in this like is there is that ever like a lingering fear on like your shoulder or are you just like nah i'm gonna do what i want i don't care what they think uh honestly that is my fear right now because my <laughs> next project takes place in the Ralverse. that's not actually about commander Rao herself and mm. it's also like you know it, i'll be upfront. it's not an action comic it is quite different in terms of vibe from commander Rao, so i'm not really sure if it'll you know catch on the same way but it's also a comic that's been in my head for 10 years i really want to get it out there so at the end of the day i think that just went over like yeah, yeah i thought about doing more actual commander Rao stuff with commander Rao in it after commander Rao had I, I guess the success that i had but I don't know. I just, I just, there was this comic in my head that I just really want to get out there. And I just, you know, at, at that point, I felt like I just stopped caring about what other people thought. And I was like, I'm going to get this comic that I want out there and then I'll focus on everything else. <laughs> That's like borderline what it sounds like when people describe reaching Nirvana. Like you have total. <laughs> That's the one thing I really don't like about more people knowing who I am and putting content out there is is that secret need for like, will they like this? Will they like me? Are mm-hmm. people going to listen? Um, and I, I, it's just like, I don't like it. I don't like worrying about it. I don't it like, pressure, yeah. yeah, you know, like I, I love doing this, but the, it's weird, you know, like that little mm-hmm. that kind of devil on your shoulder. Who's like, you're not doing good enough. And they're, yeah. it's never going to be like that first interview and, you know, or something, you know, and, um, but no, that's like, that's super inspiring that that's a level that can be reached. Cause I just, I want to, oh, wow. To the, the freedom of not caring what other people think to an extent, like, I don't want to be like a dick and like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like I respect, I still want to respect people, but just to be like that alleviated pressure of just to, the freedom kind of, you know? Yeah. Like I think, you know, in some ways it really is all in our heads. Um, I think people are usually nice about it. Like when people follow you for your content, they like it because it's you and they don't really care if it's, you know, a little different. They just, you know, they want the person that you are. And I think that attracts more people to what you do more than we think it does. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So are you a secret like ninja assassin warrior, like revolutionary? Is there one inside of you like waiting to burst out and save the world? I mean, I can throw playing cards like a ninja, but I don't know if I'll save the world with that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're kind of like Gambit. You're like Commander Rao and Gambit in one creative yeah, being. Imagine Gambit, but like 10 times shorter and with terrible aim. <laughs> like I can cut things with playing cards. I can't aim very well. So it might take like 20 cards to hit what I'm trying to get. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. that's still that's still like so you like you can like throw a card and it sticks into something like yeah that's insane that's <laughs> that's an intense talent like that now i kind of see why there's so much knife throwing in in the commander Rao comic now like that you're, that's your jam you're 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 a, you're a, brand. a card, yeah you're, <laughs> you're like a knife thrower card thrower artist that's cool i can't throw knives only cards but oh, well, yeah well we'll we'll get you there well <laughs> next Stop kickstarter it. campaign we'll do like uh you should do uh, i said will like like i'm part of your team <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna i'm just gonna attach myself to your success here real quick links <laughs> in every kickstarter comic now so that's that's how we roll <laughs> but uh you could do like uh the stretch goals for knife throwing <laughs> like um the only reason i am saying that is because tony gregory's one of his last kickstarters they mm-hmm. the writer did uh 
one of the one of the like top top pledges was like to um he would like run a weird marathon event if it made enough money and uh and like people could pledge on it so like you really could be like i will learn to throw knives if this makes seven thousand five hundred dollars and people will be like let's get her there like it'll happen i mean that's not a bad idea (laughs) to jot that down i do for my next kickstarter have um a stretch goal where if it reaches fifty thousand dollars i will you know take away all the terrible sadness of the Rowverse, and i'm going to replace everything with a super happy beach episode where everybody lives happily ever after (laughs) so if anyone wants to give me fifty thousand dollars then we're going to have some really great happy comics (laughs) what a great way to sell out like that is so (laughs) like like for the right amount of money i will totally toss away my creative vision for this universe and this character and adjust literally everything i've ever done in the past i respect that that is awesome like i a lot of people would do a lot less for a lot less money too (laughs) I mean, I could be convinced to do it for forty thousand, but fifty thousand is really the sweet spot. Yeah, forty, forty. You'd have to like take a vacation, take a long weekend, think about it, sleep on it, really, really go over. But for yeah. fifty, no, like everything, um, all the, all the, all the red fiery candlelight backdrops will be replaced uh, with with bright like glitter on every page, foil covers. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I kind of want this, honestly. Like, I. I I wonder how that would work. Like she, she breaks into the Baron's fortress to like deliver chocolates or something like, he's like, she's like holding him over the edge and dropping chocolates in his mouth. Like, aren't they delicious? Yeah. You know, the Baron's just like a lonely old man. He just wants some company. He just wants a friend. Just coming for a visit. (laughs) Yeah. Just going to have tea. Everything's fine. No one's dead. There's there's no revenge or avenging anyone. <laughs> the, the robots at the gate are like in little butler suits and they like open the gate for her. <laughs> yes, right. Oh, wow. Yeah. You would need $50,000 to do this because it's just not <laughs> like, why else? Why else would you do that? Because <laughs> you have this amazing universe that's like full of so much like ache and pain. And I, again, going back to like your, your skills and, and your coloring for uh, work that you actually did, not somebody else mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that your podcast host should have done a little bit more research on. But anyway, um, I love the, the darkness in the Baron's Tower uh, and how everything just kind of looks like a candlelight. Um, and I love how none of the action, like there's a lot of dark, like, like darkness and red in, in the action sequences and stuff. And you never lost any like visual momentum, even with like the darkness on the page, which also like we talked about really controls the mood. Cause it's like, it's hard to be like happy and smiley when it's like, you know, blood red and blacks and, and like, you know, knife stabs and uh, blood in the, even the the blood in the, in the dialogue uh, in the thought bubbles and stuff like all that was just so, so cool. And how was it ever a struggle uh, when you're like, were you ever worried that like, it was like too, too dark, too gritty um, and having like the action sequences stick out and, and like, the beauty of her like doing the flips and the cool outfit and like was it ever hard to like balance that or did it just kind of work out um so initially to be honest when i envisioned the comic in my head like three years ago which was when i sort of had the idea for this comic i was actually just planning to do this comic in black and white like mm. color wasn't even in my mind 
And then I, I changed that. I was like, okay, I'm going to try coloring this thing. And I actually had to do like several color passes to figure out how to light, like just light this comic because everything takes place at night. And, it, you know, as you said, it's really hard to make the action pop and stand out and, you know, just have like visual clarity. So that actually took couple passes before I figured out what to do with it. Um, I think at the end of the day, I just decided to add a lot of fire to everything just so I could have that lighting about. But honestly, when it came to actually printing the comic, that the, the whole colors and the lighting and the darkness thing actually kind of screwed me over because the colors look fine digitally when you have like the backlight, but in print, it was oh. way too dark <laughs> and it did not work out. I had to print like, I think five proofs. And then I had to, you know, ask my friends, like, how do I fix this? So it looks good in print. Cause like, I, I don't know, like CMYK is my worst enemy. I have no idea how all that works. And it just, I don't know, it, it doesn't like my colors at all. So I had to like go back and fix all my colors and make it brighter so that it actually looked decent in print. <laughs> that was not fun. But yeah, like, you know, I am, I'm happy that I kind of figured out a way on how to like this comic. Um, it was a struggle trying to light everything in the darkness, but I, I guess eventually it just kind of came together and came along. Uh, like I did wing a lot of this comic. I'm not going to lie. So <laughs> I'm just kind of glad it came together at some point. Still though. Like, I mean, give, you got to give yourself a ton of credit still though. Cause even I know you've a couple times now you've said you winged it, which obviously <laughs> like maybe, maybe some elements were like a, or like the coloring, like a learn as you go type deal where, mm -hmm. you know, like, Oh, I wasn't expecting this. And like the hurdles you have to come across, but um to the amount of stuff you learned like while creating this comic and to still end up creating a really excellent comic like that's that's pretty that's pretty rock that's pretty rock and roll like oh, that's, <laughs> that's really cool uh because I, I i read it digitally um mm -hmm. and i do agree like i'm a, i like having physical comics i'm i'll never not like that but a mm -hmm. lot of stuff reading digitally like um the colors look really great and it, you can't ignore that that backlit led screen makes some of these colors look really cool yeah and, and you don't get that you know when when you're holding a book mm -hmm. but you know the not to say like print media is like dull because it's not it can still be beautiful but it i don't know as as a reader who reads a lot of digital now because i yeah. get a lot of review copies it's it's i have to remember that like like wow like it's like it's a different experience you know um with mm -hmm. horror comics it's cool because you can kind of turn the lights out and and read the comic in the dark like that's, yeah. that's cool and um but yeah like i didn't i i wouldn't have even thought of that that the those those darks and heavy reds and stuff like having to like wrestle with that demon like getting it to look right printing like that's 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 a lot like especially when yeah. <laughs> you can't just like print that at home you know like you have to like take that you have to be like make some edits oh like this might work better and then have it like printed again and then look at it and be like damn it you know? <laughs> like, so. it happened a lot i'm not gonna lie it was very stressful like i, I think bet. i like panic cried to my friends being like oh my god my colors look terrible how to like how do i fix this um but luckily my friends are very smart and they were very helpful and at like I think proof number seven, it finally looked okay. So. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. that's, that's cool. Like that, you know, you have people that can help you do stuff uh, that I, again, going back to whatever the means is like, that's just one of the cool things about, about comic books is it's a, it's a community effort. People help people uh, in both the, you know, creation and, and in the making part of it and, and coverage and reading it and getting it out there. <laughs> 
I mean, there's just, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of hearts get put onto each page, you know, and I think that's what makes these narratives really cool. And I'm glad that I, I, I know this is going to sound, I'm, I'm glad that the, this, you went through the, this process making Rao as, as best as she could be. Cause I really think you did like I, she is, uh, she's wonderful. The world is as sad and bleak as it is. It's it's a it's a cool world, and the soldiers look cool. And I love big robots and mechs. Like a, that yeah. whole that whole idea of like the mech world, and like uh, that's one thing. Like I'm kind of surprised with all like the evolutions in technology and stuff. You know, like you'd think mm-hmm. like we'd have tanks that would walk by now. Like, and that's like the one thing we don't have. We just have drones. Like, yeah. drones are so boring. We needed like Gundams. I know, We're, right? Why didn't we get the Gundams? <laughs> I mean, they have life-size Gundams. I just That's don't think true. we can pilot them yet. <laughs> like so I, have years. I have this like secret nerd hope that one day when the alien invasion happens, those Gundams are going to come to life and we're going to be like, holy <laughs> shit, they were real. And they're going to fight. It's going to be cool. And yeah I mean, that's, that's how the gundam anime worked right i don't know i haven't seen it in like 10 years <laughs> I, but oddly enough i was uh i was watching that i fell asleep watching gundam uh on my birth like i was so full of pizza and i was laying well, down watching gundam on on my tablet at the it, after my family left for the birthday and like <laughs> i was watching the the original the the one that so there's like 40 episodes of the first season or so and they made them three movies and uh i've watched a lot of the episodes but i heard the movies were done well but yeah they basically like um they're like shipping this gundam and then these bad gun these bad mechs they're not the gundams like try and like take over yeah the zaikus uh zakus wakus like i don't know (laughs) those green not as cool looking robots Uh, but they like they try and take it and then like in every great anime like some child is like i'll pilot this giant robot beast and save the day yeah Uh, they're like 12 years old yeah and then they're they're raised in war and it affects the tension (laughs) and the drama throughout the whole thing but yeah so um but i i I just big robots like i love it um i love gundam and kaiju stuff and i'm just that kind of nerd so yeah anyways (laughs) like you had me at mech and then i was like cool and then and then rao just looks so good on the page and just uh the 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 story you were able to tell um with like you know minimal flashbacks and short flashbacks on Mm -hmm. top of that um because you know that's uh i think i think that's like a crutch that some people lean on in world building is like too much of that and you found a really good balance anyways you have a really great comic and i just really enjoyed reading it and i've enjoyed getting to know you during this interview and and talking to you online and stuff and you deserve every damn thing that comes your way i like i mean that from the bottom of my heart you are a good person and a champion of comic books and i love how i love how you back your peers and help and here's cool you're really cool so is commander rao thank you blake oh that's very kind i was not expecting that but thank you so much you're welcome an absolute blast chatting with you it's been super fun it's super fun getting to know you and i am forever a big fan of blake buzz well that's i'm gonna i'm gonna print that out hang that on the refrigerator that's happening on a shirt yeah Um, all right. So I, I know I've, I've kept you around a while. I, 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 I don't know how to shut up. So I have to make myself. So as the polite podcast host that I am, this is the part where, where I say, Phil, where can we find you on internet? Uh, where's a good place to follow you? Keep track of your, uh, comic endeavors, uh, any like online shops and stuff that we can give you money. 
like how do we get you rich and famous more famous <laughs> you know how do we get how do we get the abs like let us know where we go yeah so the best place for all of that is my twitter where i am most active uh i am fellhound underscore on twitter and i also have an instagram um that's fell dot hound and if you'd like to check out my comics i also have a gumroad i think it's gumroad.com slash fellhound um unfortunately i am sold out of physical stuff at the moment but if you'd like some really cool digital copies of the comics then that's always for sale and commander Rao itself should be out in stores i think november 17th depending on how the shipping delays are going um but yeah and after that you'll be able to find it at your local comic shop through scout comics which is so cool and exciting <laughs> yes yes commander row in comic shops wherever the finest comic books are sold we can say that now november 17th i'm so happy for you like i'm so like yeah. i i'm I'm excited for the success for both you and your original character who is inspiring. Uh, you yourself are inspiring to people that want to create, to people that have stories that are scared of Kickstarter or anything like that. Like, I mean, you, you, you are one of those people that are like, you can do it. And I, I think it's good to know. It's good to have people like you out there. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And if anybody ever has questions about Kickstarter and stuff, you know, I love to help people out. So don't be afraid to reach out and I'll try to do what I can for people. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Well, um, go, go. Wow. I just like my brain quit working for a second. <laughs> go, <laughs> go follow Fellhound Instagram, Twitter, check out Gumroad. There's some cool digital comics you can get and keep an eye out at your comic book store. Maybe ask them to pre-order it. It's crazy what you can get at a comic store if you haven't pre-ordered something for you. Science, folks. It's crazy. Uh, November 17th is when it should come out. We are excited. Uh, if you can't get it at a comic book shop, then I know you can go to Scout's website and they'll probably have a really cool web store variant because they sure like to do that and they do some cool stuff on there too. This was awesome. I had such a blast talking to you. Um, guys, go make some Rao pasta. Go read some Rao comics. Uh, treat people right. Uh, happy Halloween. Yeah. Well, this is going to come out after Halloween, but you know, yeah. happy Halloween happy for next year. Holidays of some sort. Yay. <laughs> happy, happy day, everybody. Yay. <laughs> get, get, get fell $50,000 so that Commander Rao can be happy too. And we'll, and then we'll, yes. we'll call it a day. <laughs> yes. Sounds like a great plan. <laughs>